Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Starting, starting, starting. Okay, we're live. It's happening. We're going. Bleeding Blue, episode 12. It's here. It's now. It's happening. And for the first time, we are all in four different locations while recording, which is fun. Because what can go wrong with having four different internet connections in one Google Hangout session? But anyway, the Yanks, since our last episode swept the Oreos, dropped two out of three to the White Sox and split two out of four interesting games against the Detroit Tigers. Lots of things happened off the diamond. And as well with the signs that the Yankees could be getting healthier. Yay! There's also new faces showing up in the Bronx. So without further ado, let's bleed blue. Do you like how I did you like how I pronounced Detroit? Detroit it should be Detroit, but I'm I'm okay. De- Detroit Detroit. I can't say it properly. I can't. That's why I said Detroit. There you go. <laughs> I had to I had to sound it out. All right. So we are back. Welcome. This is Bleeding Blue. If you are a first-time listener, this is a podcast about the Yankees and the New York football giants. And everybody is not feeling good about the giants. We're going to yell and talk about that this week. Not happy. Um, Keep it so, yeah, the, not not happy. But it honestly, I, I said this today when somebody was asking me about like work I have to do. I was like, you want to know what? That's like a November problem. That's not a now problem. So whatever the Giants have done this week, it's not a now problem. It's like a two years from now problem. So who cares? Let's not be stressed about it. Let's talk about the Yankees. Um, if you're a first-time listener, uh, Yankee podcast, Giant podcast, this episode is called Bleeding Blue. We have a lot of interesting people that come on, and um, we have a fun time. Follow me on Twitter at jpanic 74 Follow the podcast. Like the podcast. Like every episode. Tell all of your friends. Follow me on Twitter again. I like Twitter. I've been tweeting a lot. I'm going to have a lot of free time to tweet now that I'm in Washington and I have more of like a structure to my schedule rather than the summer. So follow me on Twitter. Twitter's fun. Um, we're going to start with Michael Bokra. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Justin. Um, not too excited about school coming up, but it is what it is. You know, I'm very excited for football season and playoff baseball, though. How are you like? Tell us, tell us something funny or interesting that happened to you today. Like, what 
did you have work? Did you have like a funny like interaction with like a customer? Tell tell us tell us a bit of a story. I did not have work today, but I could tell you some a little story about my experience at Quick Check last night. What what was your experience? I'm curious. I'm curious to hear this. So I still remember the time. It was quarter to eleven at night. I went into the local Quick Check to buy an iTunes card so I could download some music. I waited in this line at Quick Check, and I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking quarter to eleven at night. What's her line doing at Quick Check? I know. I was thinking the same thing. I wait in this line though for about fifteen minutes. No lie. Get my iTunes card. Go to the counter, and the guy goes, "Hey, sir, uh, we don't do gift cards." I I, I looked. I'm like, what do you, "You don't do gift card." I'm like, "It's it's right here. Here, gift card. Here, money. Take it. Pay. Give me. Let me leave." He goes, "No, no, no, sir. Um, we don't sell gift cards after ten o'clock at night." I literally looked at him and said, "You made me wait in this line, and now you have a policy that says uh, you don't do gift cards after ten o'clock at night." He goes, yeah, sorry, sir. It's not my decision. It's it's corporate policy. I I stormed out, went across the street to Walgreens, bought my gift card. I was fuming last night at Quick Check. That's bad business. That, that is, is bad business. It's a it's a gift card. It's not it's not drugs. It's a gift card. Yeah, they probably wouldn't sell you that. Well, at least illegal drugs at any time of the day. <laughs> That's a true statement, Brett Wiley. And Brett, how are you doing today? I'm doing so-so in general. So-so. I have to. I have to be fair. I'm doing so-so. Yeah. Tell me, like, tell me where you're at. Like, you know that that's the the pod the the podcasters the listeners need to know. Like, what are you feeling entering into this space? It's like, oh, okay. Is this okay. is this guy is this guy like is this guy feeling? I mean, you don't need to say like specifically what's going on, but it's like, oh yeah, Brett. He may he's he's a little bit he's a little bit so-so today. So that's what we're gonna get out of you. And there's nothing wrong with that if you're real with people. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I went to the beach today. That's that's the positive side. Ooh, beach. Yeah, had a great time. Went in the water. Which, which, which beach for the listeners at home? Which beach did you go to? Brigantine. All right. And for y'all that don't know Brigantine, that's near Atlantic City. If you go across the bridge, there's a barrier island there, and that's Brigantine. But, you know, it'll, it'll maybe be 50-50 in terms of listeners that have heard of it. Maybe less. But... The downside of that, though, is that there was a lot of seaweed in the water. It was just, like, all over the place. I don't, I don't like the seaweed. I'm not a big fan of seaweed. Yeah, I don't think anybody really is. On the overall downside, my Phillies, they're sucking. They lost 2-3 to the Cubs. So that's a bummer, in my opinion. And the four games back, wow. It's what happens when you blow so many games that you should have won. I think I think I've told you before, Renato. If you know, you'd lose your mind if you you would lose your mind. Uh, I think we as Yankees we, we have some some no, stuff. You don't. You listen, don't listen, listen, listen. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna have a couple more. We're gonna talk about. You, you guys don't have problems. You guys don't. We, guys, we got some problems. We got some we have problems. first world problems. You guys have first world problems. <laughs> yeah, this this week this week has been like a tough week for Yankees baseball because this is like one of the first times in a long time where I can actually say that the Yankees have lost baseball games while actually trying to win the baseball game. Usually yeah. the Yankees lose baseball games because they're trying to just rest their guys and just get to October. So that's a li- I mean it's a little bit concerning but still eh. So Renato 
last but not least, last how are you doing today? I'm, 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 you know, I, I just got home. From, I just got home from the deli. Yeah, look at the deli. Um, was it maybe an hour ago? Long day today. A lot of people actually want to buy stuff on Labor Day weekend, which is pretty mind blowing to me. That people be down. The I thought people be down the shore, but I guess I guess no, people want to stay home. St. Peter's Prep football big victory. Oh boy! On uh, on Friday night down in Millville, big win over the Millville Thunderbolts. Renato, They're- tell us a uh, tell us a little bit about what you do, what you do for uh, covering St. Peter's Prep football. So I am the official Max Preps team reporter for St. Peter's Prep football this year. So. I've been going. To, I've been going to all the games. Be providing live coverage on Max Prep. So if you guys are into high school football, I mean, follow, follow me on Max Prep. I got literally live play by play. Like literally every play is on there. Yeah. So if you're into competitive high school football, I mean, St. Peter's Prep football is one it's of the best, best in the country. And best conference, no question. Best, best conference. conference. So it, you know, Renato's covering New Jersey college, uh, college football, New Jersey uh, high school football. And I know a lot of St. Peter's Prep alumni possibly listen to this podcast because I went to St. Peter's Prep. Renato went to St. Peter's Prep. So if you're interested in that stuff, give him a follow. He does a good, good job. Renato, what? Or so Renato does like post game recaps, and he also does pre game recaps too, which I think is pretty cool. He also he also does weather reports, which are always spot on. Um, what was your pre game prediction of the score? Of the game on Friday night, my my pregame prediction was forty two to seven. Justin, forty two to seven. What was the actual score? Thirty five to six. I I almost lost it because the fact I, that I was hoping for one more touchdown. I was like, give me one more touchdown. We we have been good. Oh my god, that was that was nuts how you predicted that. So Renato clearly does a good job. Uh, one weekend he made himself look good, and I know he's going to make himself look good after that. So Let's see. Let's see. that's the plugs. That's the plugs. Let's get right to it. So. A lot of new faces are either coming back to the New York Yankees or they are coming in as just as fresh faces from different places. What do we think about Andrew McCutcheon? I personally, I really like the move. It's maybe two weeks a little too late for us. I get why they waited. They want to get a better deal. Luxury tax and all all that good stuff. Now, I set off a series of tweets the night of the... Trade the night the trade happened, and I was very, very critical of the Yankees front office management. And I basically said, and I was basically called, I, I kind of felt like called out, but then I felt that it was kind of unwarranted and it was kind of taken out of context a little bit. I said, why now? Why make this move now? And I was very questioning about the timing of it and why wasn't it two weeks ago, just like Renato said. But I was listening to the pregame show with Jack Curry, and he said that, Andrew McCutcheon only cleared waivers one week ago. So I, I after I found that out, I don't think anybody knew that. I just thought that people I just think figured. I heard that too, actually. I think I heard that. But so I think people like people like myself just figured that he's been available, you know, nilly willy for a couple of weeks now. So that kind of puts that debate to rest. So I was wrong on Twitter. A lot of people were wrong too. Um, but I was not questioning, and if you do follow me on Twitter and you were wondering, what what is he tweeting about? Well, I am not questioning the move. It is a necessary move. Shane Robinson was Bye-bye. DFA'd. Bye-bye. Shane Robinson was DFA'd. Goodbye. Hallelujah. Salutations. But And this is a necessary upgrade. Um, so anybody else have thoughts on Andrew McCutcheon? Michael Bye. Bokura. Michael Bokura, I thought you saw, I saw you clapping. I'm liking 
the trade. I, I really am. I mean, he hasn't done much in his first two games as a Yankee, but he'll get there. I'm also, fun fact, I'm not calling him Andrew McCutcheon or Kutch or whatever. Andrew, whatever. I nicknamed him Jack. Why Jack? To me, he reminds me of Jackie Robinson. Now, Jackie Robinson is one of my all-time favorite players, and I nicknamed him Jack. He looks like Jack a little bit to me. <laughs> like with the shave, you know, with the shaved beard, the clean shave. I, I don't like him. I don't bit. like him like that, to be honest. I, I don't like him like that. I don't. You don't like him with a clean shave? No, I don't. Well, he nothing you could he could do about that. You gotta talk to the Yankees about that, my friend. I, I, I do want to talk to the Yankees about that, but neither here, neither here or there. Okay. <laughs> so really I find just looking at Andrew McCutcheon's and looking at his numbers strictly, he reminds me a lot of um, Aaron Hicks. Solid defense. He's going to give you power at times. Middle of, middle of the road average, high OBP. Middle of the road OPS, he's going to give you power at times. He's going to play solid defense. So, you know, that's – I think that's – I mean, it's it's solid. I mean, really, it's, it's just – eh. That that's that's my that's my reaction really. Like obviously, if this was 2013, which this trade would never happen. If, if it was 2013, then you know we're we're stoked and the Yankees are a super team. But this is necessary depth. And when that lineup was ran out, when he was batting leadoff and Gary Sanchez came back and he was batting in the five hole, when that lineup came out, I was for the first time in a long time looking at that lineup. I was giddy. Yeah, me too. I think once we get Didi back, this line's gonna look very nice. When we get Didi back, the lineup's gonna be very good, very good. And obviously, it's not gonna be like th- the best, you know, because this is still this is still such like a drastic, drastic change from like what we thought this season was going to be. Because we still, even though Gary Sanchez, I thought he swung the bat fantastic to start. Um, you know, he's, he, he's still not necessarily, he hasn't convinced us that he's back yet. Um, it, I mean, it, two games, two game sample size. So take that as you may next week, we could be yelling Gary Sanchez's name from the rooftops, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm just eh right now with, with this, with this team. Eh, I really am. Okay. You know. I just Gary, I wanted to get it on McCutcheon there. The the comparison to Jackie Robinson, yeah, looks wise. Looks wise, that's even worse, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's no doubt McCutcheon's had a McCutcheon's had a very very good career. And McCutcheon in his prime was pretty close to a Jackie Robinson, actually. Um, in terms of overall player, I'm not saying the type of player necessarily, but in, op- in terms of the overall package, you're getting a. I personally, I think McCutcheon at this point in his career is a bench player. I do not view him as a starting as, as a starting. Disagree. Player. Disagree. How I, about uh? How about the comparison to Aaron Hicks with the middle of the road average, high OBP? He'll give you power every once in a while. How about that? And he plays good defense too. Yeah, I mean, t- to me, he's he's a high end bench player. I'm not saying he's he's like you know some guy you're just gonna bring off the bench. He he'll start some games. I'm just saying that at this point, he's a meh player. He's not. I don't think he's gonna make or break your World Series run. No, but I think he provides a tremendous amount of depth that the Yankees need in the outfield. Mm-hmm. 
Agree. Tremendous amount of depth would be overstating it. They, got, they were playing Shane Robinson almost literally every day because they got nobody else in the minor leagues to play off field. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of sad, honestly. You guys don't have anybody you could, could call on. Apparently they don't. No, I mean, really, it it sucks to be Clint Frazier. I, 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 if Clint Frazier was 100% healthy, he'd be the first guy up. Buddy. But the day, it was the the it, literally the exact day that Clint Frazier played a baseball game again. The New York Yankees went out and got Andrew McCutcheon. Like, I- <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Clint Frazier will be a integral part of the 2019 Yankees. Oh, no, absolutely. But I'm just saying for how much work that Clint Frazier has put in to just be a presence on this Yankee team. You know, he had the opportunity when Ellsbury went down. Oh, Clint Frazier's going to be the guy. And then Drury, that's another roster spot that that left. So Clint Frazier can come up, but he's had all these injury problems. And then he's come up and he hit he hit the game-winning home run in Tampa Bay that never was because of the stupid speakers. He had an opportunity to be the hero. And then he got hurt again tr- trying to play good defense and dive for a ball. And he somehow gets another concussion. And then literally the day that he comes back and the day that Yankees Twitter actually gets excited over Clint Frazier – coming back like oh clint's back yay and it was kind of like so unexpected too because nobody knew what was going on with him boom andrew mccutcheon comes in and we will probably not see i mean we may see clint frazier but not in the role that he really should be so it kind of does like suck to be clint frazier i i think this is gonna prove an argument going forward into next year which we don't have to make this now but i think clint frazier will have a full-time role next year I 100% believe that. Yeah, I mean, because right now, because because right now, you know, if Aaron Judge and this will be this will be my next question: If do we think that this Andrew McCutcheon move is a reflection off of what the Yankees feel their potential to get Aaron Judge for going back is? But I mean, if if Aaron Judge comes back this season and once he comes back, I'm I'm going with the once he comes back statement that he's going to be in rotation with Brett Gardner. Yep. Yep. As a as a platoon situation. So here's the question. Does the acquisition of Andrew McCutcheon mean that Aaron Judge is potential to return to the Yankees is limited? What do we think? Nope. Nope. No. I I honestly believe this Andrew McCutcheon trade is a backup emergency plan just in case something happens to Judge. I think they still believe Judge is gonna come back this year. I do believe that as well. I heard there was a setback with the cortisone shot that he received. That's why he hasn't come back yet. But I think if Judge comes back, he's because he'll still be playing in the outfield, no question. He'll be playing. I 100% agree with Renato here because I do believe that this is a plan B for Cashman. If plan A is to get Judge back, but plan B is to get someone who provides enough outfield depth and can provide uh, that other veteran experience. So I believe that Judge will be back. I'm shooting for the second to last week of September, hopefully. That's what I'm shooting for, personally. Personally. You know, gives him a week or two before we get into playoff baseball time to, you know, get fundamentals down, get the swing right, pick up a bat and swing a bat, you know. Um. But I fully expect Judge to be back, and I do expect 
McCutcheon to be playing in the outfield once Judge comes back. Once is uh, is there any news about maybe a rehab assignment any, anytime soon? For Judge? Yeah. Well, the, the minor league seasons are going to end soon. So sure. I, I do not believe Judge will go on a rehab assignment. I think what they're going to do for Judge, from what I heard, is that they're going to give them um, like swing in the cages once he's ready. And then he's going to go maybe to Tampa for simulated outing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then he'll come back with the team. It's probably my, my guess. Table at all? <sighs> they he has a swing. He can't swing until he sw- until he's able to swing. They have, they can't give you a timetable. Yeah, until the pain is gone, he's not doing anything, and the pain is still there. The discomfort is still there in the wrist. All right, in the yeah, that's right, the wrist. Right. Oh boy, that's not a good. That's not a good injury. I, I think I told you guys. You did say right that. after he got it, that injury. That's not good. Mm-hmm. And he's out obviously longer than they thought at first. Yep. Yeah, it's it's officially. I mean, I've kind of like defended the Yankees with saying, "Oh yeah, the way that they initially worded the the injury was smart because they said, oh, he's not going to be able to swing a baseball bat in a game time situation for at least three weeks.' Well, I mean, obviously, it's been way over three weeks. So yeah, I, I. It's obvious to other people that are a lot smarter than myself, and I guess you know Brett. Brett was one of those. Brett was one of those people. But I kind of just took the Yankees' word, and I just took it and I ran with it. But from now on, we know that when you chip a bone in your wrist, that it will probably take a lot longer than three to five weeks for you to come back. Well, the reason the reason I kind of knew is because Chase Utley had a very similar injury uh, many years ago, and it took him months to come back. So. That's why I was worried about Judge. So even with this move, this is kind of like a dark question that crept into my mind this this past week, pr- probably in the White Sox series. This was before the Andrew McCutcheon move, but the fact that Judge isn't coming back and the fact that the conservative approach for the Yankees, we've talked about this for so many episodes now, the conservative approach for the Yankees, even though, give them credit, they have not been conservative this and ever since our last episode, they have actually genuinely went out there and tried to win every single baseball game. So give the Yankees credit for that. But something that crept into my mind is that are the Yankees kind of just gonna like I don't want to say tank the rest of the year, but just seeing seeing what's out there and seeing the teams that are out there and seeing what they have to compete against. And is it possible that? The Yankees inside, like inside that front management, inside that front office, is it possible that they can just be like, you know what, we'll go after it next year and just possibly sit judge for the rest of the season? Because 2019 is the target year. 2019 has been the target year for years because of this free agency class. So seeing what's out there, Mm -hmm. meaning the Astros, the Sox, the Indians, those are three scary baseball teams. And the fact that the Yankees just have not been putting it together. Could they possibly just sit judge for the rest of the year and just see what happens with this makeshift ball club that they have going on, right? That they have running out there right now. They could possibly sit judge, but as far when you said tank the rest of the season, I yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a poor choice of words. It honestly is a very poor choice of words, but I don't want to say like, but not, it's it's weird because of how conservative the Yankees are. 
it's but not it, a far-fetched argument that their front office could honestly just say, you want to know what? 2019 is the target year. It's been the target year for years now. Let's not sacrifice our stars and our players because yeah, so many of them are hurt and so many of them have gone down this year. I'm sorry. I mean, you don't want to put guys out there that are hurt, obviously. You right. don't rush guys back. But you, you don't do that anyway. Even if you want to compete this year, you wouldn't do that. The Yankees, no franchise does just gives up at any point in the season, especially if they're competing for – I mean, you're going to make the playoffs this year. You're going to try for a World Series this year. You can't pass that up. I'm arguing. The New York Rangers last year gave up midway to the season. So, well, because the Rangers sucked. I, I, I know. Rangers are trash. But they, but they, the they gave not trash. That no teams give up. They gave up. I'm saying teams that are in the Yankees' position don't. Oh give up. yeah, they don't give up. Yeah, right, absolutely. Well, I'm just saying you can't you can't pick one year say. This is we're not going to try this year. We're going to try this year because who knows what happens. Try every year. Right. I do agree with trying to win now. I mean, you're going to make the playoffs this year. It's almost not fully guaranteed, but it's almost guaranteed they're going to make the playoffs this year. Whether they catch the Red Sox and win the division, that's another story, but they're on pace for the first wild card spot. I think they're up five and a half games last time I checked. I don't know about today with the loss. I think but, it's a little. It's a. It's under. It's under. It's. It's either at four or like under four. It was five and a half yesterday, so it can't be below four. Well, oh, I'm sorry. They're. They're. Um. It's either at four or under four for having home field advantage for the wild card. Okay, that's better. As far as them trying this year. You're going to try every year, no doubt about that, especially if you're the Yankees. One, for them to go out there this year and see what happens, if they don't bring Judge back, okay, you know what? He's dealing with the injury. You don't want to rush that injury back. God forbid something happens and delays him for next year. But it also gives the rookies, your two best rookies on this team right now in Andujar and Torres, the playoff experience. It gives most of these guys playoff experience for, if you want to say, quote unquote, oh, 2019 to try, you know what? You give them the experience they want and they need now. Right. Okay. And then like they just said, 2019 uh, target year. We'll, we'll say. No, no. And no. And my question was, let's just, I, I'm not saying that the Yankees should give up and I'm not even saying anything. I, I was just kind of just like putting a question out there. But do the Yankees hold back Judge? They possibly could because we all know that the Yankees, in my eyes and in my words, I think they baby baby their players to no end. I think they baby them every single time they get. They well, baby them. Well, they didn't baby so, Chapman. They didn't baby Chapman. John Carlos, Stanton, John Carlos Stanton took his first day off today since the first time in June. And the dude played on a partially torn hamstring. For they, they, had no, they had no choice. What were they going to do? No, but you say that they baby everybody. They, they don't baby they everybody. Baby, they baby a lot of their players. Like, look at friggin' Justice Sheffield. They should have called him up at least once this year. They don't feel they that. Didn't. They don't feel he's ready. They, they don't feel that. They, they never feel like anybody's ready. <laughs> they never. You can have a guy in the system, in the minor league system, for four friggin' years. And they'll say, oh, he's not ready yet. He's not ready yet. Well, what's what what is why is he not ready? What is wrong with this player that he is not ready? <sighs> yeah, they thought Tommy Canley wasn't. I mean, what what has been wrong with Tommy Canley? 
Tommy Canely has looked fantastic. I mean, in his brief, not fantastic. He's had some, he allowed a run today in, in two thirds of an inning, but in terms of just the overall stuff in the miles per hour, like what has been wrong? Why keep him down in the minor leagues for so long? You know, so I, I get, I get your point there, Boker. I do get your point there, but they don't believe Sheffield is ready. And that's why he's not a part of the September call-ups. They don't feel he's ready. So that's Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> that's Andrew McCutcheon. Um, He's going to serve a valuable role on this team. They're going to run him out there. They're going to play him every day. He's going to be very similar to Aaron Hicks. Um, we also acquired, what's his, Hachavaria. He was previously on the Rays. Adani? Adani. 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 Oh, Adani. Adani. Whatever. I, I honestly don't care. Yes, you, you have to care. You got to get facts right, man. I, I don't. I don't care. Yes, you do. He's a defensive uh, boke broker. What's uh, what's Michael K's favorite phrase about Hetcheveria? Oh, let me tell you about this one. He's a wizard. He's a you're a wizard, Harry. Um, that's what Michael K has been saying the past two days. Literally, he's a wizard. He's a wizard. He's a wizard at shortstop. Oh, he's a master. He's a wizard. So yeah, he's a quote unquote a wizard. Actually, magical. Like, like, actually? I mean, if he was magical, he'd get this team to the World Series and win this year if he was magical. But I don't know about that. Well, that's not going to happen. Um, he's a good defensive replacement at shortstop. Um, it gets they, – they wanted to get Glaber Torres back to his natural, comfortable position at, at second base. Apparently, that's a thing, um, even though Glaber has looked just as good and just as bad at shortstop sometimes as he's looked at second base. So – I guess this is just a move to get Ronald Torres out of the everyday lineup. And hey, why not? This guy's good defensively. He's good against lefties. This team loves putting guys in the lineup that are good against lefties. And hey, why not? Why not? Stack up against Boston. Stack up for when you're going up against the Boston lefties, I guess. Um, fun. Hechevaria. Fun. He actually is excellent defensively. He's 987 uh, feeling percentage. That's excellent. Also, keep in mind, this guy tortured us when he was on Remember the Race, if you guys remember. This guy always had clutch hits against us when he was on the Race. Always. Everybody had clutch hits against us when they played for the Race. That's also true, too. <laughs> All right, so the doctor's report, we already talked about Aaron Judge and the fact that nobody knows anything. Didi Gregorius has done in-the-cage work. He's done field work, um, so he should be back by... You would think the Seattle series. Yes, yes. They were saying by the Seattle series is when he's going to come back. So yay for Didi Gregorius, and we'll see what happens with Hechevaria and all that kind of stuff. Hechevaria will be on the bench. All right, so he'll be on the bench part of the September call-ups. Gary Sanchez is back. He's back. Hooray, hooray, hooray. And any, any blunders yet by Gary? Any what? Any what? Blunders catching. Any any defensive miscues? No. No. Oh. There, he has looked – I mean, he's looked – I don't want to say amazing. Like I said, it's a small sample size. It's a small sample size, but he has looked absolutely fantastic behind the plate. He has, Especially, and even swinging the bat, he has looked pretty good. Yesterday, he just missed the home run, I believe. Yeah, that was yesterday. And then today, he had an RBI. He's man. looked pretty good. We 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 need the we need the Gary from last year back. We need that Gary. 
He slimmed down. I mean, if you believe that's a thing and that's important, even though Gary Sanchez was not fat before, like Gary Sanchez has always been like, he's been ripped. The guy is pretty, I mean, I'm not saying that he's like judge or Stanton, but guy ain't fat. And especially now can't use that as an excuse. He's moving. Well, he caught Tanaka brilliantly, brilliantly. And we'll get into We'll get into Tanaka and that performance because part of why Tanaka, I think, was so great is because, I mean, the the numbers show. The numbers show it. Every single pitcher on this Yankee staff, not counting Jay Happ and not counting Lance Lynn and not counting Sonny Gray because he's a goofball. Every single other pitcher. So we have our big three, Sabathia, Severino, Tanaka. Sanchez has better has a better ERA. Those guys have a better ERA when Sanchez is behind the plate compared to any other catcher. So the guy throws, he has a cannon for an arm. I don't have to defend. I've, we've already talked about how great Gary Sanchez is, and anybody who believes otherwise is wrong, and they want Austin <laughs> back there if they're wrong. Um, so. I was actually going to bring up, Gary Sanchez has looked pretty good running the bases. Um, he beat out a throw today that, that was pretty rare to see before in my mind. Beat out a throw today, looked quicker on the bases to me. I mean that's yeah. uh, that that does that's a great sign. Don't get me wrong, that's a it's a great sign to see that he's hustling. And but I honestly don't want to see it. I don't want to see Gary Sanchez. I'm, I don't want to see him run hard. I'm sorry. I don't want to see him giving it everything he has, running ninety feet. Because if we lose him again, that's terrible. It's terrible, and. Say what you will about the average. Say what you will about the OBP. He's had a terrible season. He's had an abysmal season. But he has an opportunity to turn it around. He has an opportunity. You know, the Yankees gave him his time, right, for a what seems like a simple uh, pull of the groin. And the, the fact that there were some fans on Twitter that said that the Yankees have suspended Gary Sanchez, that Gary Sanchez, for all this time that he's been on the DL, this is a suspension for the fact that he didn't run out that ground ball against the Rays. Yeah, so he's been on the suspension for like two months. You guys are really smart. Um, good for you if you believe that. Um, <laughs> he has an opportunity to turn it all around. This is his time. Stanton and Gary, this is their baseball team right now. Chapman, anybody know what's going on with Chapman? What well, Chapman received yeah. second cortisone shot? I think it was a couple of days ago. There was a report that that Cashman says he's not sure if he's gonna come back this year. Although it was reiterated later on that that, it, but I think it was Glibber that said in the post game that, or but maybe it was Dylan. I think it was Dylan that um Chapman wants to come back this year, and they're really optimistic about him coming back this year. So it's a wait and see game, Chapman, right now. Hopefully he comes back, and we need him. Need him, need him bad. Time out, time out, time out, time out. I wouldn't say bad. It would have helped the Yankees, yes. But again, I still believe this Yankee bullpen, it, it's solid enough to win games. I really do. Say what you um, will about how many, you know, Britain has the closer experience, Batances has the closer experience. There's nothing like a guy that you can just. No, don't, don't pull Mariano on me now. No, no, I'm not pulling. I'm not pulling a Mariano, but there's hey, nothing. There is, like, there is no Mar Mariano. Mo is Mo. Okay, let's get one thing straight here. There's nothing like putting a phone call into the bullpen, bottom of the eighth inning, telling your closer to warm up and knowing that the game is over. There's nothing like it. 
And with Chapman this year, he's been that good. So need him back. When Zach Britton comes in in the ninth inning, when Zach Britton comes in at all, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. When Della Batances comes in in the ninth inning, I'm almost that I'm almost that certain, but not that because I mean Dellen's done fine closing before. He's done it and he's done a great job. But Chapman's just a different animal. It's what he's paid to do. He's been doing it for years now. Yeah. Whenever Zach Burton comes in during a game, I, I get like the heebie jeebies because he really scares me. You don't know what you're gonna get with this guy. Is he gonna walk the first three batters and like you don't know what you're going to get. So Britain, um, Zach Britton has walked in the tying. Now this is just walked. Britain has walked in the tying or go ahead run twice since being a Yankee. Twice. Just, just, and, not just walks. This, this is why you guys didn't trade a whole lot for him because he's not particularly good. I didn't, I didn't see what everybody was all hyped about when we were talking about the trade deadline when. In July, I didn't see because Renato what, loves them. Yeah, because Renato. Yeah, no, Renato. Renato. <laughs> I well, said well, I don't see. I said I never saw the hype with Britain. How everybody was hyping. I, him I, up I still day. like Britain. I don't know about you. I still like him. I still. I still got confidence in. I'll be honest with you. I I personally would have been fine if they didn't get him. You, listen, Britain's a very good play. I'm telling you this right now. You're gonna thank me later once he pitches well in October. I'm telling you that right now. All right, I'll I'll thank you well during that time. But first, we gotta get there. Okay, get there? One, one thing one thing at a time. That Brin's gonna lead us to October. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You're gonna see tomorrow. What am I gonna see tomorrow? You're gonna shut down the ace tomorrow. He's gonna shut down the ace tomorrow. Okay, you know what? If he does that, I'll give you ten bucks. Deal. 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 All right, Deal. when he comes in, let's see if he shuts down the A's. Now, what do you call shut down? You no mean runs. one, two, three? No runs. One, two, three, no, no runs. runs. No he, runs. Could walk, he could walk the first three batters he faces, as get the bases loaded, no outs. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. I have different. I have two different visions. Just before you, before you say that, even prime Zach Britton struggled against the A's. Just saying. <laughs> the A's are a tough, tough team. They are they're a troll team. Against this, any reliever. I don't care what reliever you're talking about. They're a troll team. This series team. is gonna be uh a good one, let me tell you. It's gonna be pretty interesting. Can we be honest? What? No. Yankees gonna yeah. win two out of three or sweep. Two out of three or sweep. Well, you know what? You know why I say this? Why? The Yankees have been throwing us all season long. They're playing against good competition. They're gonna wake up and play well. That's what I think. They have. I'm. You thought that when they would play the Red Sox, what happened? They played well. They just choked at the end. Fenway. If those if those games were at Yankee Stadium, they won three out of four. These no games aren't at Yankee Stadium. But the small ballparks are gonna help the Yankees pitching staff. Or you mean the big ballparks are gonna help the Yankee pitching staff? <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Yes. The big ballparks. Yeah, because Seattle. Ball. I mean, C- Seattle and A's. I mean, hey, that's a. It's pretty good pitchers ballpark. Um, so before the August 31st game, so before this, um, for the, for he had his, his big blunder where he gave up a run against Detroit, Zach Britton looked good. He had two appearances, one against Detroit, one against Baltimore. And in the game against Baltimore, he went one and two thirds innings pitch and he's look, he looked better. He just looked better. He looked more crisp. And even when 
those lineups aren't good, but the fact that he just looked more crisp and he looked better is it was a better sign for me. I'm still hoping that he can turn around. You know, he's had a couple of good he's had a couple of good outings, shadowed by a bad one. We we need him. I mean, we we really we really do need. I'm saying that. Oh, we need this guy. We really do need every single person on this team to contribute. We we really do because that's how desperate this Yankee team is. You know, you could say, look at how deep their outfield is, even without Judge. Even without Judge, you you see how deep their outfield is because the fact that you do have Clint Frazier in the wings. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> you know, you look at how, you know, the bullpen, you look at how depth and how much depth there is in the bullpen, but the fact that Chad Green and all these guys, how inconsistent they possibly can be, it's it's tough. It's it's just it's it's tough right now. All right, so Renato, why don't we get down to it? Yes. Everyone's favorite. Favorite, favorite, favorite segment. Renato's top five moments of the week. At number five, wait, the Lucas show in Baltimore. Yes, this first game of this series seemed a long time ago, right? Right, guys? A little long time ago. But this first game was a back and forth battle. And it all started... With the one, the only, Lucas J. Alexander J. Luke J. Voigt. Not only did he tie the game with a blast in the fourth to make it a 2-2 game, he decides to end the game as well with another two-run blast to make it a 7-4 victory in the 10th, and they end up winning 7-5. And I believe this game was truly the start of the man, the myth, and the legend that is Louisville. How big of an energy boost has this guy been? He's been amazing. I love the positivity he brings in the clubhouse. This guy's awesome. I love him. It's something that this team desperately needs, and it's something that it needs to continue. Like the fact that I thought that after this Baltimore series, you know, we swept the O's. Great time. Fantastic time. Felt great. And the fact that he kind of like he was the Pied Piper in that series and he led the way in that series. And he's really been one of the Pied Pipers of the Yankees offense since then. I thought that was going to be the start of like the fun Yankees coming back. And I still think that energy is there, like especially, you know, with seeing how electric the offense can be during today's game, during Sunday's game, where they tried to come back twice. But because of bad pitching, they just didn't work. Lucas Voigt can be one of those guys, along with Neil Walker, who has been leading the charge in terms of the energy, which has been which has been weird. If you were to if you were to say that, hey, a triple A first baseman from the National League and Neil Walker are leading the charge on leading the Yankees energy boost and postseason drive, I I would say you're nuts and you should be checked into a mental institution. We'll talk a little bit more about this Neil just a little bit, Justin. So, I almost I almost gave it away. What's number four? So stay tuned for a little disco. Um, number four. Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. The Yankees actually won a doubleheader for the first time in like how many years, Justin? Wait, can oh. you repeat that? Did, did you just say the Yankees won a doubleheader game? What? The Yankees won a doubleheader. Oh, my God. It's a miracle. It, it is a miracle. When was the last time they won a doubleheader, Justin? Do you remember? 
Renato, the answer to your question, I believe, is 2014. Okay, 2014. All right, so it's, it's been almost five years since the Yankees <sighs> won a doubleheader. And they did want a doubleheader. Let's start off with the first game. The Yankees decided the Bronx Bombers were back because they didn't hit just one, not two, not three, but four bombs in the first game. Miggy with a three-run bomb with four RBIs on the day. Guardy with a two-run shot. Glibber with a solo shot. Hicks with a solo shot. Yankees scored 10 runs. They win that game easily with Jay Hep on the mound. No question. And then wait a minute. Sonny Gray pitches well. Are, are we are, are we back in, in in Oakland A's days for Sonny Gray? We back? I, I he looked good in this one. He decides to throw in six in the third innings, three hit ball. Right? Seven K's, no runs for Sonny Gray. We will talk a little bit more about him later. But could this have been the start of the return of Sonny? We will see. We'll see. We don't know. Let's talk about that now. I want to talk about it right now. We'll talk about it right now. Let's do it. Let's talk about Sonny Gray. So Lance Lynn is not making any of the top five moments of the week list. So um, Lance Lynn has not been very good. Lance Lynn has allowed three or more runs in his last four starts. That's no bueno. No bueno. That's that's no bueno for the for the New York Yankees. So in those in those starts, he's lost one, two, three games. Three games, three out of those four. So I think um, here's my question to you, Renato, and anybody else who wants to answer. Sonny Gray, not counting today's game where he did allow a run, but Sonny Gray has a 1.88 ERA since his demotion from starting pitcher to relief pitcher, and then also he had a, you know he had a spot start which you just described in Baltimore. Are we seeing? Can we possibly see, because Lynn's sanity has kind of died down a little bit, L-Y-N-N sanity and not L-I-N sanity, it's kind of died down a little bit. No, that's and, not actually a thing. Well, Lynn's sanity, Lynn's Lynn sanity was a thing for a little while, but I think it's run its course just like the first that's time. embarrassing. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Could we... <laughs> No, it was a thing, and I was I was on board too. I'm I was so, on board too, actually. Lance Lynn is so fun to watch pitch. He's so fun because he's yelling, he's cursing. It's like it's honestly like CC Sabathia on steroids because he yells more. He okay. doesn't yell like he doesn't yell like directly at people. Where sometimes CC like looks. Where a lot of the time CC is looking at somebody when he's yelling. Lance Lynn just yells and he just grabs his and all these just grabs his junk traditions. I don't get it. Keep going. The Yankees fans have a lot of stupid new traditions. Maybe that's another podcast. We can do that. You have to make baseball fun. Baseball. I don't like baseball's it. not like you naturally make baseball fun. fun again, bro. I don't. I, I'm actually not for that. Very serious. I'm very serious. It's all. I'm, it's all I'm Twitter's like, fault. It's all Twitter's fault. You have to blame Twitter then. You know, only the tourists like fun baseball. Only the tourists with the wave. Just, no, no, just no wave. <laughs> everything that baseball has done to try to be more, you know, accessible to the general public has just looked embarrassing. 
Well, Brett, I want you to trust me. The things that Major League Baseball is trying to do to make baseball more accessible to the public is not the things that Lance Lynn is doing. Lance Lynn is very inappropriate when he's pitching on the mound. He is the, Neither, you know, <laughs> I, I, this is nothing against Lance Lynn. This is the whole Lynn sanity thing. That's embarrassing. It was, it was like a Yankees Twitter thing. All right. So okay. Lance Lynn has not been pitching well. And really, like when you like when we got him, it's like, okay, we got a middle of the we got a we got a number five guy. We got a number five, number six guy in the rotation. And it I find that he really has run his course. It's known that he throws 80% fastballs. It's it's all of these things that are can possibly be downfalls, they're known. Since Sonny Gray has I don't want to say been reincarnated, but can Sonny Gray, in the number five spot in the rotation, limp us to the postseason and then Lance Lynn returns to his initial role when he was traded to the team and being a long reliever? Do you think that's a possibility that they can switch roles? Can I argue with this? Yeah. I think that's it's, a it's, it's a It's a question. It's not an argument. Well, can I do both? <laughs> go, go do both. All right. So... I, I was one of those guys who was on board with Lance. I really like Lance Lynn's stuff. I really do. I always liked him when he was on the Cardinals. Saw him this year in Minnesota. He, he's a very good pitcher. But as you mentioned, 80% fastballs does not work as a starting pitcher. It's, it's Realistically, it, it does not. So Unless you have a really good fastball. Which he sometimes has a good fastball, but other times not, not there. But point being, I believe it is time. And I hate Sonny Gray, but I think it's time he gets another shot. I really do. L- Brett, 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 listen, listen, listen to me, Brett. I, I know you're, you're disappointed. I, I, we, we can see the reaction. I know you're disappointed. But I think Sonny Gray deserves a shot. I mean, Lance Lynn has shown with his last four starts. You, you got to give the guy credit. He's been pitching well in the bullpen. Give him a shot. See what happens. He pitched well against Baltimore. Pitch him against the weak teams on the road. Let's see what happens. This is why the Yankees need to create a super team because you guys are squabbling over Robinson, Lance Lynn, Sonny Gray. These guys are scrubs, Walker, scrubs, all of them. This is why this offseason, you guys have to go out there and just say, we're signing everyone. We want the old Yankees back. Give me, give me a, a, a all star on every position, Brett. That's what I want. <laughs> all right, so Josie Josie McFly had an interesting uh, thread of tweets. This was and this was a while ago, where he came out with the with the bold. This isn't a bold statement. <clears throat> where he basically came out with the statement and said that, paraphrasing, the ceiling for Sonny Gray and the potential for Sonny Gray to give you better performances on the mound is a lot higher and he has a lot more potential to do so than Lance Lynn. And I don't think that's a bad statement or a wrong statement. I think that is a very correct statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just Sonny Gray is a better pitcher than Lance Lynn. His ceiling is higher. His ability is better. He has a better ability to throw the ball. Not saying that this is all the time, not saying that this is even currently right now because we've seen Sonny Gray in a spot start against Baltimore, and then we see him come in in garbage time games, but he's done the job. And a lot of fans have said that, and a lot of 
people have said, a lot of smart people have said that with this move that they did to Sonny Gray, putting him in the bullpen, that there was no going back. Well, I think we could go back. Yeah, I, how can you not? I mean, maybe you give Lynn one more start, and I think that next start is going to be coming against Seattle, and if he stinks it up in Seattle, then you got it. You got to make a move. One thing I will say about Lance Lynn is I like his attitude, and I like I think his attitude fits very well in New York. But I think I think it also fits in the bullpen. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because hmm. it's short. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be calling on Lance Lynn to go out there in the seventh inning and give me an inning. But we're not expecting Lance Lynn to be the savior. That's not why he was brought on to be this oh, team. Absolutely. Not. You know what, Justin? And now I completely understand why the Yankees treated Adam Morta. The Yankees so he, treated he can, Adam he can Morta. fill this role? Yes. I think Lance Lynn is the perfect replacement for Adam Morta. I really do. Because spot star, you give you a long relief. That's that's what Lance Lynn is. Very similar, he, yeah. very similar styles. Who's and he does he, bring you that energy. He really does bring you that energy. He does bring energy. I like I like the attitude. You see him walking off the mound saying F this and F the what what the F is that? You know, I, I like that attitude. That that fits perfect in New York. Sonny Gray, on the other hand, I I cannot stand his attitude one bit. But what we were saying what we were saying just before Boker, the the ceiling and the potential for Sonny Gray. Like think of like the potential, right? And the the best case scenario. Best case scenario for the Yankees is to have Sonny Gray as a starting pitcher pitching well in their five spot than Lance Lynn pitching well. That is a better potential. Yeah. Agree. Agree. You know yeah, absolutely you agree. You want the better pitcher yeah, to be in there. Okay. The numbers say they have about the same potential. What numbers? Exactly the same potential. What numbers? Just look at their career numbers. Look look at their fielding of independent pitching. They're very, very similar. I disagree. They're, but that's a fact. I don't care what the numbers show me. I disagree. I, I've watched both of them pitching. It their- doesn't matter. I've watched both of them. How's that not matter? They're, they're exactly the same. The numbers do not mean everything in baseball, bro. Yes, they do. They don't. What, what else? You can go in your feelings? Sonny Gray in his prime is a much better pitcher than No, Lance. he wasn't. That's yeah. actually not true. He was a Cy Young Award candidate. How are you going to tell me that? Lance Lynn was also a Cy Young candidate. When? Look at his earlier, when? both of those when? pitchers. When? when? Give me facts. Early in his career. I can, okay, hold on. Yeah, Let give me. us the numbers, Brett. Give us the numbers. Break it down. Lance Lynn at one point had, okay, he went 18 and 7 and was an all star pitcher earlier in his career, second year of his career. He had a 2.74 ERA in 2014, 15-10 record. Overall, Lance Lynn in his entire career, 80-56 with a 3.55 ERA. Okay. Lance Lynn has pretty consistently been a good pitcher. Maybe good to very good to high-level pitcher. Yeah, same no, with Sonny Gray. Let me throw you some numbers. Justin, throw me that fastball number again, please. Lance Lynn throws a fastball 80% of the time. That does not work in this day of age as a starting pitcher. It doesn't. What's changed from 24, from 2012, 2013? Analytics, the numbers. The, 
what people if they they're gonna be sitting fast well they know 80 percent of the time is gonna be fast okay. so so you're so you're telling me that that sunny gray with his five likes nine era in 2016 in 5.05 era this year he seems to be adjusting really nicely to those analytics no and that, and that's and that's not that's not what we're that's not like the whole point of this conversation like really what we're saying is that the ceiling and the high point the potential for Sonny Gray it's to much pitch well, it's much higher than at this point in Lance Lynn's career than what he can give you. I just, I don't think so. I think that what I'm going to say is that neither one of them has that high of a ceiling. Correct. And no, and that's what I'm not saying that the ceiling is a Bob Gibson here. I'm just saying that for they're both five starters. Right. No, correct. That's what, and then I, and I've and we've said that, that, that they're just in the five hole and they're just to get you to September. So then they're going to be in your bullpen come playoff time. That's right. it. Right. Then how but the best I, chance and how you're saying way higher for Sonny Gray. No, but I mean, it, it, it is, I mean, and that's why it's been tough. That's why it's so tough for Sonny Gray because he hasn't shown it to you on a consistent basis compared to Lance Lynn, where he has a whole career to kind of, he has a whole career's resume to kind of, you can kind of point to. So that's that. See, you, you may see Sonny Gray take back his starting job. Some people may say it's li- too little too late. If Lance Lynn continues to stink it up a little bit, then sorry, Sonny Gray may be back in, whether we like it or not, just to limp us to game 162. So, Renato, I forget where we are in our top five moments. Are we at number three? We are at number three. And guess what? The, the Lucas Show again, part two, Sunday Night Baseball. In Baltimore, what does Luke Voigt do? He goes three for three, and he starts off this game with a bang. Two-run shot into the right field seats to make it 2 nothing. And then Luis Severino decides, I'm going to pitch like an ace again. I'm going to shut down this Baltimore Orioles lineup, going five and two-thirds, four hits, two earned three runs, so I'm not completely shut down by Pitching a little more like the Luis Severino we've seen for the first half of the year, that's for sure. Um, this allowed the Yankees to complete their four-game sweep and throw a little bit, maybe feel good about where things were heading. But as we all know now, this feeling would not last long. Yeah, that White Sox series was rough. It was uh, it was rough. Uh, there was one positive moment in that series, Justin. And that is my number two moment. You know what that is? D-I-S-C-O. Yes, we're going to talk about D-I-S-C-O in a little bit. But it is all about the big comeback in the Bronx. So after losing the first game against them, which thanks to Justin, I went and they lost. So thank you, Justin. Appreciate those free tickets. Appreciate it. Bad tickets. Bad tickets. My tickets Um, are cursed. I think your tickets are cursed. I agree. (laughs) Um, So... What do the Yankees decide to do in this next game? We're gonna be down four nothing going to the bottom six. What? We're about to get. We're about to lose again to these guys. Not so fast. No, 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 no. Who starts to rally for these bombers? To me, undisputably, I don't care what anybody says. Undisputably, the American League Rookie of the Year, Miguel Andujar. What are your artists when you say Andujar? He hits a two-run blast. And then the most 
underrated player on the team this year, Mr. Aaron J. Hicks, ties the game with another two-run blast in the right field seats. Ties the game at four. And then what is, what is that saying, Justin, to say it again? D-I-S-C-O. Neil Walker pinch hits and walks it off with a blast into right. Ball game over. Yankees win 5-4. Duh! Yankees win. What a comeback this was. This is probably one of the best ones I've seen this year. And it gave the team the life that it needed to win in this series, which didn't happen, obviously. They lost that game. Um, but it showed the resiliency the Yankees have had at times this year. And they need to have more of this resiliency, especially as we move forward into September and October. Disco Neil. Disco never dies. Just when you think Neil Walker's down. Just when you think, oh, there's no way Neil Walker can come into this game and be a, and be a hero. He's on the bench. First pitch. First pitch. Puts it in the bleachers. Seals the case. Game over. Yankees win. He had such a professional quote after the game. Like, you know, oh, Neil Walker's a professional hitter, right? He had such a professional quote after the game where he's like, well, the first pitch that you're going to see in an at-bat is probably going to be the best pitch. So he swung at it. Home run. Game over. Renato. Finally, for our top number one moment of the week, what is it? We get another comeback in the Bronx. This time, in one of the few positive moments in this Detroit series, the Yankees were now down 3-0 going into the sixth on Friday night. And what do you know? They come back once again right away in that sixth inning with not one and not two. But three bombs into the night, starting by Gardy. Party. Goes Yardy. Two-run shot. And then Hicksy, again, most underrated guy on the team this year. Another blast. And then Miguel Andohar and Hicks go back-to-back and bully the bully. And the Yankees get a 4-3 lead. And this was all started, okay, by the most unlikely sources that you will ever see in your life, and at least for this year. And that is usually the calm and robotic presence that is the manager of the New York Yankees, Aaron Boone. He was so mad at the umpire when they were down 3 nothing in that top six. You know what he does? He's arguing balls and strikes on the bench. The home plate umpire immediately, without any hesitation, ejects him from the bench. And here comes Booney. Here he comes. He's going right back to the umpire. He even bumped him by accident. That's how pissed he was. And what does he decide to do? He decides to act like an actual catcher and throw him a pitch and show the umpire what the, what the shrugs on this. It was the most hilarious thing I've seen all this season. And I'm so happy Boone finally had the, the, the balls. The cojones. The cojones to go out there and argue for the team. The team was probably so pumped that he finally got to see some life out of them. That's why they scored those four runs, right? Because they were pumped. They were excited. It was the greatest thing I've seen out of him this year. So, job well done, Boom. You finally got my recognition. Thank you. Took you till September, almost, well, August 8th, but September. 
to get that done. So thank you, bro. Um, but this game wasn't over yet, guys. No, 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 no. This game wasn't over. The Tigers thrown back in the top of the eighth to get it to a 5-4 lead. But more controversy ensued in the bottom of that inning because Lucas J. Voigt, who's been on every pretty much every top moment I've done this week, he checked the swing. But according to the replays, that was not a check swing, not even close. But the umpire gave the call anyway in his favor, got the bases loaded, gone higher, got tossed. He was pissed. He said something to Luke Voigt on the way out, which is more like, did you check swing? Did you check? And Luke was just laughing because he knew he didn't check the swing. Which was hilarious. I loved that Detroit manager. <laughs> I, well, that, he, was, that was funny. Former Twins manager, keep that in mind. So he, he's been on the league a long time. That passes baton to Glibber with the bases loaded, and he's like a good neighbor. Like a good Glibber, uh-huh. Torres is there. Like a good Glibber, Torres is there. And he delivers to give the Yankees a 6-5 lead. And in the craziest game of the year, the Yankees went 7-5, and that was about the most positive moment we're going to get out of the week, for sure. Wild, wild baseball. Wild baseball. Crazy. That was a crazy that's, game. That's a ball. Or no, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. That's a strike. That's a ball. Okay? The words Aaron Boone said while he was squatting and giving whoever the home plate umpire was that game, a tutorial on balls and strikes. I'm giving credit to Aaron Boone, something I have not done once this year. I'm giving mad props to Aaron Boone for sparking a fire, lighting it, and correct. that is the correct way on how to spark a fire for your team. All right, so so really, here here's the here's the big question. Here's the big question. On a scale of one to five stars, what are we giving Aaron Boone's performance on getting thrown out? What are we giving him? Five, five stars. Thank you. Good night. Hold up the sign. Five. I give him five. Nope, not even a chance. Not oh, even. Really, Brett? Brett, what do you mean not a chance? Not even a chance. But you don't understand. Boone has been not doing nothing all year. This is like Academy Award for him. What he did. The guy looked like a stiff out there. You know what? I'm sorry. Like you had Charlie Manuel. I'm sorry. I'm somebody, sorry. Somebody should have timed him. He he, he was like he like sprinted out there, like stood behind home plate for like a few seconds and sprinted back to the dugout. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> you have to look at some footage of Earl Weaver. Oh, oh my God. Earl Weaver. He is the king. He's the king of that. Every one of Earl Weaver's arguments, those were all five stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, what Boone gets is a two and a half star. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. It was half of Earl. I'll be honest with you. At first, when Boone started going behind... Uh, walking towards the plate. I thought he was going to pull one out of the Billy Martin playbook and start throwing dirt on the home plate. <laughs> Dude, that would be honest with you. What? He had done that. If he had, if he had started kicking dirt and stuff, that would have earned him at least one more star. True. 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 Isn't that was Girardi's thing though? Wasn't it? No, no that, that was, was Billy Martin. Oh, it was Billy Martin. Okay. Now he actually did get suspended for a game 
because of the ridiculous. He barely touched them. That's ridiculous. No, but I honestly think that it not only did the fact that they that their hats touched, uh, that the brims of their hats touched or something like that, but because MLB players get fined for criticizing the strike zone of umpires, they get fined for that if they like speak out post game. I honestly think that just because of the the performance that he put on and the clinic that he put on, that he got suspended for Sunday's game. I mean, it wild, wild stuff. So it was a well-needed energy boost. And it's something that, you know, like like we said in that Tampa Bay Rays episode, a manager only has X limited amount of opportunities per season to make a direct impact on a baseball game. Aaron Boone, I guess where he draws the line is where when his team is getting no hit through five innings and the umpire is having somewhat of a bad strike zone, hey, go for it. That's where he draws the line. Okay, so he didn't want to draw the line against the Rays where he actually had legitimate beef on a on a particular call, on a miscommunication of rules between the umpires. But hey, he saw that his team was getting no hit. Why not? And he well, did it. It worked. Well, may, maybe this is a sign of Boone coming out and actually being Aaron Boone and not a puppet. Hopefully. Hopefully. We can hope and we can pray. Yeah. But you know what? Sparking a fire for the team doesn't have to get you ejected by a call or something like that. It could also spark a fire by you pulling your guys aside and start, you know, ripping them when they're making countless errors. They're not trying or doing, you know, stuff like that. It does sparking a fire doesn't have to get you ejected. This that's is not that's not what he that's not what he was hired to do, and you know that. I think any Yankee fan, and I'm going to put this on the line right now, and this is on the, and this is just going to be for everybody here, and this is going to be for every Yankee fan. I'm glad you brought this up, Bokra. If you expect Aaron Boone, and this is now, this is directly towards the Yankee fans. If you expect Aaron Boone to go out there and yell at his players, you are wrong. That is not what he was hired to do. If you expect there, if you expect Gary Sanchez or anybody to be benched, if you expect Labor Torres to be benched and outwardly said. I am benching this guy because of his performance. They're going to say, we are giving him a day of rest. We're giving him a well-needed day. That's what they will say. Stop with these expectations of wanting a baseball team and wanting management and wanting coaching to do things that will not happen. The sooner, because I think Aaron Boone is going to be manager for this baseball team for a long time, unless this season, I, I don't even think, even if this season ends in an unexpected way, Aaron Boone is going to be here for a long time because this is the guy that the front management wants. This is the guy that management wants. This is the guy that the front office wants. Brian Key has represented Brian Cashman well. Brian Cashman hasn't necessarily represented Brian Cashman well these past few weeks in terms of his comments with Aaron Judge. When is Aaron Judge coming back? He was like, oh, I wish I, I there was a quote from him today. I wish I had a magic wand so people would stop asking me when Aaron Judge is coming back. That's a great quote, Brian Cashman. Way to go. Aaron Boone has done a perfect job in terms of being a shield for the front office. And he will not be the manager that Joe Girardi was. He will not be a Billy Martin, Joe Torre, XYZ. He's not. So the sooner that we can swallow that pill, the better. So that's that rant. So um, even though that yeah, even though I want to end the episode on a positive note. So so you mean to tell me that 
you can not even yell at your team, not even call your guys a bunch of boneheads or anything like that. You mean to tell me that this manager cannot pull your guys to the side and say a few words to them? You just want him to sit there and get your ass kicked the whole game without saying anything and looking just no. like a stuck-up puppet that you are? That's, no. That is absurd. You're hired to be a frigging coach. You're not. No, I'm not, and I'm not saying that. I'm what I am saying though is put your headphones on. <laughs> what I, I am. What I am saying is that you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. You really don't know what's happening behind closed doors, publicly and outwardly, to everyone. He will not do that. Aaron Boone, that is not why he was hired. That is not why he is the Yankee manager. Joe Girardi would be very public in terms of guys who he was critical to. Aaron Boone, you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. So we can't speculate past that. And, and Justin, you you know well that, that I was, I've been pissed at Boone this year. But like I said, I've, I've agreed with your sentiments about Boone. Um, Boone's a puppet. We all know that he's a puppet. He's here to run the team the way Brian Cashman wants him to run the team. And if it works... You know, it works. We got no problem with it. But if it doesn't work, that's when the questions and do we get another manager? Like, this team has had high expectations this year. And if they don't make it to at least the ALDS or even ALCS for that matter, there's going to be a lot of questions to Brian Cashman in the offseason. Well, if Aaron Judge doesn't come back, then I think all of those questions are erased. But I I, I still disagree that this – here's the thing. The Yankee team couldn't win without Judge. I'm so, I, that's crazy to say that. But even with without Judge in the lineup, we still got to hold the team and, and Boone and Cashman accountable. I know they won't because of Judge, but still think, yeah, I hold them accountable. All right. So, big, biggest, I mean, we've, I feel like we've said this with the Boston series, but as of now, probably maybe the second biggest week. The Yankees season so far this upcoming week. Yankees will go four and two at the minimum. Four and two at minimum. Guarantee. On this road trip? Yes. Well, uh, well, on this these six next six. I don't know how they're gonna do in Minnesota, but I'm no, saying, they have no series. That's a long road trip. Yeah, they got Oakland, Seattle, Minnesota. That sucks. But I think yeah. they're gonna go four and two. In the next, well, they're, they're probably gonna win. They're, they're, they're probably gonna sweep Minnesota. Minnesota is absolutely listen, listen. I can listen. I don't care how easy a team is, bro. There's no guarantee sweeps. I'm not guaranteeing. I'm, 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 I'm predicting here. I'm predicting, guy. I'm predicting. I'm trying to predict. Well, See, we don't have to worry about Minnesota. We will be back before the twin series. We okay. will be back two out of three against the A's. So I'm I'm going four and two these six games. What are you going four with? Two, three and three. Uh, they're they're gonna lose two out of three against the A's and win two out of three against the Mariners. So three and three. Yeah. Right, Boker. I agree. Three and three. Three and three. Justin. I don't have a prediction. I'm just excited to watch uh, baseball. No, 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 no. Time out. No. Sorry, what? You're making predictions. Let's go right now. You make prediction. Let's go. I I would have to look at the pitching matchups. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. Go feeling. Prediction right now. Pitching matchups don't matter, man. Yes, they do. <laughs> Listen, Brett, they do matter, but again, Justin, <laughs> gun to your head right now. Make your prediction. Come on. Uh, I even look at the pitching matchups either, but I'm saying four and two. 
I'm going to be interested to see how we stack up against the A's bullpen. Ba, 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 ba. Come on, come on. Just give, give me the booth. Come on, come on. What are, what are you, Aaron Boone here? Yeah, what are you, a puppet? Yes. yes. Are you a the, the lackadaisical conservative mindset of the New York Yankees has officially gotten to my head where I just don't want to give anybody any answers on anything. I like asking questions. I don't like giving Okay, answers. so you're predicting 0-6. Okay. I'm pre- no, I'm predicting uh, – I'm predicting – this is tough. I'm predicting a two out of three victory against the A's and then a one out of three against the Mariners. That's what I'm predicting. I think so it's going to be, I think it's, I think it's going to be a little back backwards because we have good, because we have some pretty good pitchers going out there against the athletics. Um, and then probably our lackluster bottom so, of the rotation guys going against the, uh, the Mariners. So, so, so I'm the only one confident. Wow. Jeez. All right, guys. It's nice. Let's, let's see what happens. So we'll be back next Sunday and we will be, Recapping the Oakland Athletics Seattle Mariners series. Second biggest week for Yankees baseball behind the four game set that they had against the Boston Red Sox. Hopefully we don't have a repeat of that. So keep on bleeding blue, everybody go giants, go giants, go giants. Fantasy football episode will happen Monday or Tuesday, a giants episode getting ready for the, season which is this sunday that will be happening on wednesday and also just good things good things are happening bleeding blue is in the schedule and it's fun go yankees go yankees go yankees go giants go giants go giants keep on bleeding blue so long renato say goodbye goodbye